Welcome to Becoming an Elite Financial Advisor with Sten Morgan, where we help financial professionals like you recognize and reach your potential faster. Have you ever been to an athletic event without a scoreboard? It's confusing because the whole point of the game is to track the progress of each team. Knowing the score means everything. But when it comes to financial advisors, the industry usually doesn't teach you how to keep score. And what they tell you to measure isn't often an accurate way of knowing if you're winning or not. So in this episode, Sten breaks down what you should be measuring in your business, and he gives you a downloadable scorecard so you can start using it today to measure the progress in your business. Here's Sten Morgan. Welcome to our podcast, Becoming an Elite Advisor. I'm here with my buddy, business partner, Andy Traub. Hey, how are you, man? Good, brother. We're recording this on a Friday, so if we uh, sound more relaxed than usual, <laughs> it's because we are. And we're also doing video today, so if you wanted to check us out, then uh, we'll put that up on the YouTube. Um, I say the YouTube because I want people to know that I'm not young and hip. I say the YouTube. You're wise and old. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, so today's topic is incredibly practical, and because it's really practical, we're going to have a resource uh, that you'll be able to download at stenmorgan.com slash 24, the number 24. And Did you ever watch that show? I never watched it. Never got into okay, it. I'm either. sure if I started it, it would. I'd lose about two weeks of my life. So. Yeah, so don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> uh, but it, the episode 24, and we're going to talk about your company scorecard. And I want to ask you as we, as, we, as we go into this, and they're going to be able to download a scorecard with instructions. They can put in their own numbers and uh, track their own metrics. But when did you hear about this as an idea uh, for for a financial advisor? I think I think it exists maybe in other industries, but scorecard for your own and and also sort of like it's it's just you like in the beginning generally it's just you. So aren't you like your own scorecard? You know what I mean? I fought this for years, um, not because I didn't think it was important. I think the industry taught me from day one activity is the only thing you need to measure. Back in the insurance days, it was just make a bunch of calls. And if you do enough of that thing, someday something good is going to happen. And so I built my practice that way, head down, just working hard until I started having team members and realizing, okay, how do we know if anybody's doing the right thing? Because activity is not the most important thing. We think like the right activity is the most important yeah. thing. And so heard about scorecards, but I'd never been to a conference where somebody said, hey, here's what it looks like. You should do this. Because, again, the industry is telling us to do certain things. Most advisors do it. And what has come from that? Average. Very average. And, what, 80% of people not making it for five years. And yeah. so it's like activity can't be the answer because I think most people are active and they're not getting the results they want. Yeah. yeah. So for us, it was like, okay, how do we even know if what we're doing on a daily basis is driving results? Because at Legacy, it's results equal impact. Like we are here not just to work but to work the right way. Mm-hmm. So we came up with our scorecard to say if these metrics are moving in the right way, that's an indicator that we're doing the right thing. Yeah. Because you can do things that feel good. I mean, you can have a great culture, have fun at work, but yeah. if we are here to make a difference, I want to have some unemotional numbers to reflect on monthly and say, okay, this trend is going in the right direction. And if it's not, we're not going to wait six months to have the conversation. We're going to talk about it now. So let's define it, and then we'll talk about, I think, two reasons why um, scorecards are Two reasons why after you hear them, you're going to just go, yeah, I'm going to go get that scorecard resource and do it. Okay. So first, I defined uh, a scorecard as a single document used to track metrics that measure the health of your business. That's great. Fair? 
You could argue even version one through five is a single page. Yeah. Because if it intimidated me to say, well, there's 50 things to track here. What are the most important? So we sat in a room and just really pushed on them and said, okay, at the end of the day, what are the core things that if they're improving are telling us that we're doing the right stuff? Okay. All right. But definitely a single document. And part of that is you're just training yourself not to go look in six different places for information. That's right. Um, And if you do, that's fine. But pull them into one place so that you can actually look at it and compare month to month. Yep. So the reasons that you should have a scorecard, and I think this is really, really, really practical, is as Sten mentioned that, you know, I think we all know the difference between activity and purposeful activity. I, I think I maybe mentioned this before, but there's this, <laughs> there's this video. Um, you ever watch like a funny video, but you like watch it multiple times and it's still funny? So this is one for me. It's this guy that's laying bricks. And, he, and his buddy, every time he lays a brick, his buddy reaches behind him and takes the brick away. <laughs> because... Then the guy laying the brick turns and he and he puts mortar on another one, and then he puts it puts it and then his friend reaches it. But he just keeps he does it like four times, five times before he notices but it. <laughs> I don't even know if you ever noticed it. The video cuts off. Yeah. But the whole point is like, yeah, he's being active, but like he's not getting anywhere because yep. his buddy's sabotaging him, right? And I we all know this. We know that there's there's days where you feel like I think I worked all day. Like I was at the office and I like mm-hmm. answered some phone calls, and, but like I just don't. Did, was it? Did I get anywhere? That's right. And I and I just when I talk to advisors, we talk to advisors. They're like, yeah, that happens all the time. Yep, all and the I, time. And there's, I think there's multiple levels of it. One, it keeps the advisor accountable. Like, is my activity productive? Am I growing a healthy business? But if you have a team now, or you want to have a team someday, yeah, what you have to avoid is. And I had these conversations for years. This wasn't a strength of mine. Is having conversations with them and say going off feeling. Like, it doesn't feel like you're working hard. It doesn't feel like you're having a good attitude. Once you have a scorecard, you have data to say, for some reason, we're not improving in this area. So How I do you think we solve two, that? Two directions. One is, as you said, I think that the, the let's just say it's a team member, an advisor who works for you. Okay. They, they could say, you could say, how are you feeling? You're like, I feel really good. And you could look at the scorecard and go, well, you know, you might feel good, but the scorecard mm-hmm. tells a different thing. Or you might feel like that person... It, like, man, I don't hear you on the phone all the time. And like, you're out of the office a lot, yeah. right? But then you look at the scorecard and they're doing well. So your feelings as a supervisor may not be, because maybe they don't do it. Maybe their activity is in the same way that, you know, activity you have. That's right. But again, don't trust your feelings in this area, <laughs> yes. right? Um, have you ever had a situation where you felt like it's all falling apart, things are going bad, and then you look at the scorecard and you're like, I guess it's not that bad. I mean, like, were you thinking about a couple of bad deals or a bad day or personal stuff? Or is it more like when you look at your scorecard, are you more like surprised of like, I hadn't, think, I hadn't thought about that. I mean, does mm-hmm. your scorecard usually surprise you? I think there's some metrics on the scorecard that take a little longer to tell the story. That's Others true. are immediate. I've had where it's like that didn't feel like a good year. And I'm like, I made more income for, as a firm than I ever have. Mm. So that's good news. So yeah. um, I've trained myself, you know, a lot of mindset training and things like the, the day to days don't throw me. Uh, yesterday had a weird day that threw me, had a couple strange meetings yeah, yeah. and, you know, my wife was like, Hey, what's up? And she's not used to seeing me thrown as much. And so yeah. it just kind of led to a, a good conversation. But, um, for me, it's, it's, it's a month at a time scorecard for me. It takes, you know, maybe it's every six months I could start getting this feeling of like, Hey, are people, are they doing what they should? Are yeah. we going? Yeah. So a scorecard allows me to get ahead of that feeling that I used to get mm. because that stuff bubbles. And usually when, when you sense it, it's like, yeah, you are resentful of that person's schedule or you don't think they're taking the, the practice seriously and, right. and and i used to get there enough that i was like i need 
data to initiate conversations differently yeah. Yeah. and to say, hey, let's sit down and it's part of our practice now. They're not surprised that we look at the numbers. Right. And other advisors get held accountable, just like I hold myself accountable with it. Uh, and it, yeah, it just leads to a healthier business, which at the end of the day, making income is not the measure of success that we all should use. It's what the industry tells us. Like, hey, if you're winning trips and you're making money and doing fun stuff, then you're a good advisor. Well, maybe, but are you running a good business? Right. And if you want to run a good practice, lead a team well, you have to have a scorecard. Because if it is always about the bottom line, then you pay your people as little as possible, mm-hmm. right? Then you pay as cheap a rent as possible. I mean, it's like, it's not, that's not it. There's, there's, yeah. more, there's more to running a really healthy business than just your profit. That's right. It, it's part of it, but it's not the only thing. Yep. So- what do you usually and again we've got a a big list of these um but what are the what are a couple of big ones that you track uh or or try to keep score of um as as you go Th- these tell me the truth yep. Th- these are the big rocks of that are the foundation of of how we're really doing so my advice if you don't have a scorecard if it sounds intimidating um is, is it can't be too little where it doesn't really tell a full story, but also it can't be so much that you're getting lost in the data. And so version one, if you don't have it, can this can be done on a piece of paper to start, is things like assets under management. Yep. Like, am I growing? Am I attracting clients? Depending on the makeup of your firm, you may say financial planning revenue, uh, insurance revenue. Then you can get a little more into the weeds of how many prospects are in our financial planning pipeline. Because mm. I, I want to know that we're not just finishing what we have and then we're going to, you know, the pipeline's dry again. That needs to be, somebody needs to be managing that. Uh, insurance cases and underwriting. There's things that track, hey, what we did before we should keep doing because it's working, which is revenue, closed business. And then there's, hey, is, is our future looking good? Then from the business side, you have to track expenses. Because for us, obviously, there's two ways. Should I increase revenue? Can I manage expenses better? Right. Those are two levers we need to, to watch and we can pull. And so for us, um, client households. We, we as a firm are saying we're not adding D clients because those are somebody else's A, B, or C clients. But who do we serve best? So I want to see that our A and B count are going up. Mm-hmm. That means we're attracting the right clients. We're pursuing the right clients. Um, other things we can look at are active financial plans, how many of those plans are new versus renewal? Mm. So, so it'll grow and evolve over time. But, but I would tell, and we do tell advisors this: start with kind of the foundational pieces that show we are making revenue, we are tracking the core things. Over time, you'll get a little more nuanced, and you'll find yourself saying, "Oh, I, I'm interested to know how this is going." Yeah, and then you add that to your scorecard. But you're protective of your scorecard. Also, the goal is not to have 50 things. I think we can get to. 10 main ones with one or two sub ones for each if we want to. Yeah. And now it's streamlined. Uh, we have to get that data from multiple people on the team. That's another thing we should talk about. Uh, but at the end of the day, the scorecard track key things that show the health of your practice. I think that the tendency is probably to track too few things mm-hmm. and that being just revenue, right? And, yeah. Cause you're probably not, trying to hit some goal for personally yeah. or some recognition and i don't think there's ever a scorecard where you don't track revenue that's right. <laughs> right like that's that's on there right but it's like in a game like you could track points yeah and like do we are we gonna track fouls and travels and like mm-hmm. not necessary but let's definitely track points we're gonna yeah. we're gonna track that and one I, thing i'm looking forward to with our scorecard is historically sten has been responsible for probably 80 percent or more of the new business growth revenue right. of the firm but that's been shifting now is that can we someday on a future scorecard see that Sten's only 50% of the firm growth 
and 20%. Because if Sten's purpose now is not maximum revenue for Sten, but developing other advisors to yeah. help run a healthy practice when he's not f- fully engaged every single day, 10 hours yeah. a day. Yeah. So I'm looking at my scar to start, my scorecard to start looking that way, where a younger advisor may say, I just want my A and B client count sure. to get high yeah. at all costs. Yeah. yeah. So, and I, we know that in this audience of those who are listening, there's part of those of you who are on a team, those who supervise people and other advisors and some of you are just solo. But I think about the fact that you were gone with your family for a few weeks. Mm-hmm. It would be interesting to look at the scorecard in mm-hmm. a month or two and, and look at what, what happened while you were gone. Yep. And that will, that will tell a story. Right. Yep. And one more interesting metric, this may not be on your version one through five, is service request items for yeah, our about that next. relationship team. Yeah, yeah keep going. Uh, how do you know when to hire somebody else? Yeah. Just off of, you know, people feeling busy or, you know, it just feels like we have an empty desk. Let's get another body in here. I want to know how many service requests and new business applications can one person handle before they reach capacity? We had no idea before except based on how they were feeling that day. Yeah. And that would ebb and flow. Yeah. Now we track red, yellow, green service items, how long they're taking to get done. And I can go back and say, okay, you had this many service requests this week. And this even happened a couple weeks ago. The, a team member felt really busy and we looked at the service requests and they were actually down like 40%. And it led to a cool conversation for them to feel like, oh, I don't think it's the amount of work I have. It's the fact that it's different new work I haven't done before. Yeah. And it feels challenging. So one of the things I know that your team found out was by tracking service requests that, you know, there's, there's two ways to deal with a capacity. Let's just say you have 100 service requests and you've got one person doing those and whatever the time span is. If that person could become more efficient, then they can get those done, you know, faster mm-hmm. and you don't need to hire another person. Yep. That's actually what happened to your staff member who handled a lot of these things is she became way more efficient. Mm-hmm. And so or you could have said, oh, you're, you're full. Let's hire someone else. It was, can we make you more efficient? Mm-hmm. How can we help you? And it's not like you need to work harder. It's no way. How can we help you? What do we need to do better to help, you know, create more efficiency in your mm-hmm. position? Things like don't interrupt her. Yeah. <laughs> Things like give give really clear instructions. Give her all the data she needs so she doesn't yep. have to stop and go back. And essentially, what you found out over a year's time is she became twice as efficient. Yep. And so she was able to do those things in half the time. Yep. And we coach advisors, efficiency is the first goal. Right. Are they doing things they shouldn't? The things they are supposed to do, are they doing them really well? Then eventually there will come a point in time, depending on your practice growth, that you will need somebody else. Right, right. And we and we tell our team members that. Like the goal here is not to just stay super tight, overwhelm you, and tell you to kind of just figure it out. It's here's the end goal. But when we get to about 80% capacity on somebody is when you should start looking for somebody else. Do not let a team member get to 100% or 110% capacity yeah. before you even start talking about it. Yeah. And it's like looking at your engine and, I, you know, I don't do a manual, but like in the manual, you know, when you have a manual shift – you don't wait till you're like, oh, I'm going <laughs> to blow the gear. Yeah. Right? No, you, you hear it. And as it gets close, then you go to the next gear. Yep. You know, you don't you go, well, until it explodes, it's fine. No, we want to avoid that. Mm-hmm. We want to avoid burnout. Yep. Right. Which is a whole topic we'll talk about in the future is that one of the biggest fears of advisors is, is hiring. They all know they need to do it, but they won't for some reason. So again, I can go off on that. We're going to so. have like, <laughs> that's right. That because it's, well, it's complex. It it's is. Complex. Yeah. It's Cause so, it's as much mindset as it is practical. Execution and then there's some math involved in yeah that's right so let's talk about um let's talk about what's not on your scoreboard scorecard mm-hmm. um let's let's talk about just from a management perspective um maybe sometimes that your scorecard has said showed something 
and you realize there was some personal stuff behind that. Mm-hmm. And how, I mean, this is sort of the the nuanced stuff of scorecards because yep. like, hey, not everything can be on it. So don't just run your practice based on the scorecard. Yep. But are there other times that you've had a scorecard and it's like, hey, it seems like this is an issue yep. and it uncovered something else. Like, oh, that's why. Mm-hmm. That's why that that's why this number is down, right? Yep. And it might be a mindset issue, might be a family issue, whatever. Mm-hmm. So let, let's go here first. When you look at your scorecard, has there been a time when you've looked at it and it uncovered something behind the number of a mindset or a personal situation? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say the the main benefit of the scorecard for us so far has been the it's initiated conversations that needed to be had much sooner. So it's easier to talk about the numbers. And mm-hmm. then the numbers tell the story sort of behind the numbers than it is to go straight to the story behind the numbers. Yeah, straight to the feeling. And this is how – and I, I don't think I ever did it in like an aggressive way. I've had a couple staff members cry in the past. I don't think I did it on purpose. But it, the way I approached it was accusatory, like what's going on here? Like yep. I, Versus, hey, I'm seeing this. I'm curious. Why do you think this is happening? Love that question. And, and it's just if curiosity can be your goal – uh, that you are open to like there's something I'm missing here, which there yeah. always is. Yeah. When you manage a team or people, curiosity is key. And so like a scorecard can't measure culture. Yeah. And so if you're like results at all costs, and again, at Legacy, results equal impact. And if our goal is impact, the things we are doing, we're going to have accountability and a high yeah. bar, which can be uncomfortable. Yeah. But do people enjoy coming in here? Do they feel cared about? Like if if you overcompensate with a scorecard, and I've met advisors like this, you know, they're just too focused on I'm, I want to be a successful advisor as quick as possible. And they're almost sowing their own destruction mm-hmm. because they're churning team members. And someday they're going to look back and say, man, if I just would have known yeah. that sooner. And I know I just based on some recent conversations, I know some advisors that their scorecard would look amazing. Yeah. And then, but I know their staff mm. and their staff has been loyal to them. They're still with them, mm-hmm. but they're not happy. Yeah. They're happy. They're, they're they like the paycheck, but and one of the best ways to measure if you have a good culture is if you have a job opening, and this has happened here, mm-hmm. where would you invite someone you know on a regular basis, you see them right, to <laughs> yeah. come work here? Yeah. Would you invite someone and have that relationship risked by inviting them to come be part of this culture? Yep. I'm thinking about that because Brooke came from Chris, right? That's right. Yeah. So, so again, this work hard is not the only thing. Yep. The thing that you mentioned, which I want to really encourage folks on a really practical level, and this is a really hard challenge, but it's super specific. Mm-hmm. I'm glad we're doing video um, because I can kind of show people this, but this is a challenge to anyone in leadership that feels like they jump, they jump too quickly to teach or coach or lead mm-hmm. and they don't listen or go deep enough mm-hmm. because it's just hard sometimes. It's, yeah. like, it's like, I have something to tell you, just listen to me and yep. then go get back to work. And you had mentioned it where you would say, you know, let's look at this data together. And then, like, tell me what what do you think that shows you, mm-hmm. right? So that's one question. Yep. And I heard this challenge once, and it's really, really hard, but it's awesome when you can pull it off, which is try to ask five questions in a row. Mm. So they answer you, all right? What do you think that tells us? And then, you, and then and what I have to do is I have to put my hand under the table, mm-hmm. and, I, and I just do this with my thumb. That's my first question. Yep. And then I ask another question, and then I ask another question. And mm-hmm. it, it's really, really fascinating to ask five questions in a row when you're meeting with someone because they feel – it doesn't – for you, it feels creepy. You're like, yeah. what? <laughs> but for them, they just been like, they're really listening. Yeah. Really? I was on a call yesterday with two advisors who were joining our community, yep. and they're like, 
Thank you for asking us that. Like, nice. we thought you were just going to like jump to the next thing. I'm like, well, no, I don't, I don't fully understand. Like, what do you mean by that? Nice. You know? Yeah. And also, I think you're good at this is when you're having a scorecard conversation, it's okay to say, how do you think I should look at this? Like, how, like if you're, if you were me, how do you, mm-hmm. what, how would this look to you? Yeah. Like, and you're like, well, I guess, cause that's a different perspective. You're that's like, right. I'm, you know, I, I have rent to pay and, you know, like, I'm yeah. chart. How, how do you think this looks to me? Yeah. You know, and you and I have had conversations like that. You yeah. know what I mean? So I want to encourage everyone, you have scorecard conversations, do some Sten stuff, do mm-hmm. some Andy stuff where it's mm-hmm. like, don't just go in and go, look what the number said, That's Mike. Right. Yep. Get your crap together, Mike. <laughs> you know, true. but it's like, hey, tell me what you, what do you think, what story do you think this number tells? Yeah. You know, and then if you're me, how do you think that I, what do you think I see when I look at that number? Yeah. And not an accusatory, like, you're in trouble. Yeah. And then also use your scorecard to friggin' celebrate. Mm-hmm. Like, guys, look at this. We're trending great. Or it's like, look at what happened with everyone else's. I mean, I know you did this with a market update. It's like, hey, everybody, market update. The market's down 20%. You know, we're down 4%. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah, that's you right. Know, like, yeah. Like, like, not just that we're down, but like, let's compare it to something else. Yep. What else do people need to know about a scorecard um, and implementing it, keeping up with it, gathering that data? Does it get easier? It definitely gets easier. I think, you know, Gitmo, good enough to move on. Like, you need a scorecard tomorrow. And so, sit down, come up with one. you can get one today. There you go. At stemworker.com slash 24. Um, But it is that vital to a healthy practice. And if you don't do it today and you do it two years from now, you're going to say, man, if I had this, it would help me in so many ways. Like, I I guarantee that. Um, So, there's, I bet you there's something you're doing now that you shouldn't be, that you could stop doing and replace that time with developing a scorecard over the next week or two. That... You need to be consistent with it. And as an advisor, if you have a team, you need to delegate the collection of that data yeah. to be efficient with it. And so I'm fortunate enough to have Jamie, our practice manager, who can kind of own the scorecard yeah. and has figured out, okay, what do we really need? Who can track it? Because our scorecard was getting hung up in late multiple months. You know, we we what, try to what view. Was, what, was, what was the holdup? Because we try to view ours like the uh, first Wednesday of a full week for the prior month. I was like, I don't want to wait till the end of the next month. Like, it just feels too long. So, it's like, it needs to be efficient. And we weren't hitting that deadline because it was cumbersome to collect the data. And so, we went through that process and we said, okay, who runs across this information the most? Okay, Bard is in charge of giving you these three data points by this date. Brooke gives you these. Chris gives you these. Each other advisor on the team gives you these. And so, then Jamie's just plugging the data in. Right. Everybody hits. So, there's a way to make it more efficient because the it's not the point is not to take up a bunch of time and create a project that people dread. So if it starts feeling that way, just realize there's probably a simpler version that's going to help you accomplish something better than what you're doing now. Mm-hmm. But the question is not do you need it or do you not? It's you need it now because it informs every decision you make. So I I'm not in the car with the people who are listening right now, but I know that there's some they're working out, they're at the car, you know, they're in the car or whatever, and they don't want to download the scorecard because they're afraid of what might tell them. Mm. Like scorecards tell the truth. Yeah. You know, it's like, I don't know if you've been a part of the games like this, but there's some games in youth sports where they turn off the scoreboard mm. because it's that bad. Yeah. Like they're like, <laughs> okay, we're pretty clear. Just on who try wins. to have a good time. Yeah. Let's just get our reps in. You know what I mean? And I, but there, that's not, that's not going to work. That's not, yeah. it's like saying, I know I hear running water somewhere in my walls. So I'm mm-hmm. just going to turn my TV up. Yeah. Like that's not going to fix the water leak. That's right. There will be problems yep. later on. So I just want to encourage you. 
the, the scorecard is a starting point, mm-hmm. right? It's not a measure of your character or your worth That's right. Right? as a human being. Yep. And yes, other people's scorecards are going to look different than yours. But but please start with version one. I will say that the scorecard we've created is it's a Google sheet you then download to your your own. And you can mm-hmm. – uh, I would encourage you to keep it in Google versus move it over to Excel because it, the formulas will change. But like – We've done a lot of the work for you. Like yeah. you just plug it in there and it has like pretty little graphs with colors. And yep. like we, we've done, I think we, we've probably gotten you about 40 or 50% there. Mm-hmm. Just, just start putting in your numbers. Yeah. One last real practical question. Should they take their last like six months and put them in? Like what would you do? Like, okay, I'm just, should they start today? I would step one, I'd start today. Things like assets under management, um, you know, you can probably get your P&L from your CPA or bookkeeper pretty quick, depending on who. There's information you can get quickly to kind of have, here's the baseline version. Yeah. As soon as it gets going and you've delegated things, if you have help or you want to do this on nights and weekends, this is the kind of thing back in the day that I wouldn't do during the workday, but I'd sit at my home yeah. on the couch and, and just kind of go back six months because having that data is important as well. Yeah. But I'd say what's most important is moving forward is what you're doing today, making a difference in the future. Gotcha. So. Gotcha. But yeah, I, I love that. It's a great weekend project of, you know, get up early on a Saturday morning before the kids are up or whatever. And when you yep. just have some time or hit up Starbucks and go, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go find my numbers and plug them in. Yeah. And um, I think the, the core of this is you have to decide as an advisor, is your goal to build a practice that just allows you to have a comfortable lifestyle? Because if so, good luck. You Maybe you're already there and just hang out. Most advisors, and we love making people uncomfortable with questions, is, well, I spoke in front of a group of 15, and I said, but if your goal is to make an impact and grow, there's certain decisions you need to make. Yeah. And you have to run a healthy business. And so this may feel different. You may reject change typically. You may say, hey, it's already going well. I'm fine. Yep. Without a hesitation, I would say, but if you want to be a, a growth-oriented, impact-minded advisor, you have to track what you're doing. Yeah. Like the numbers matter. Yeah. And again, the, the name of the show is becoming an elite financial advisor. Mm-hmm. It, and, and the way you become elite is by doing different things. And we hear it again and again and again from athletes who they had the gifts, but then they did certain things to become elite in mm-hmm. what they do. That's right. And it's it's the extra things. Mm-hmm. It's not that you're doing them. It's that you're It's like, well, I don't know anybody else who does a scorecard. Yeah. Probably a good sign that you should be doing one. That's right. If you want to be elite. Yeah. And a lot of stuff we talk about will feel different, but it's quickly it'll become second nature and you'll say i can't believe it, it, i never had something like this right. and that's my experience with the scorecard well now you're ready to keep score so you know the health of your company go to stenmorgan.com scorecard to download the scorecard and then let us know what you've learned from using it we're gearing up for season two of the show and we'll be adding some new segments so if you have any questions for sten or suggestions on things you'd like for us to talk about, drop us a note at stenmorgan.com slash podcast. That's stenmorgan.com slash podcast. Thank you again for listening, for being a part of our community. We appreciate you very much.